You are listening to the Better Together podcast, brought to you by the National Association of Free Will Baptists. Welcome to the Better Together podcast, where we look for ways we can work together to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today we have with us J.D. Crawford. He's going to share with us how the Lord led him to study engineering, how he led him to Mosaic Church, and how today he's using his skill set, civil engineering, to help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, J.D., thank you so much for joining us today on the Better Together podcast. Thank you for having me. So you went to study engineering at uh, University of Missouri S&T Science and Technology. That's correct. Yeah. What led you into studying engineering? Yeah. So um, it's a little bit of a long story, but basically it started back in my sophomore year of high school where I just really got into like studying apologetics. Um, I initially at the time was just like struggling with my faith a little bit, trying to figure out what path, like what what belief system has truth to it. I, I knew I'd been born into like this Christian home, but I like I, I still struggled to bridge that connection between that and like it automatically being true. And I was just, yeah, I was just trying to figure some things out. So I started like down the apologetics path, looked into a ton of different belief systems. I looked into atheism, Islam, Judaism, just really taking an open-minded look at all of the different paths. And it took about three years, but as I just continued to go down that journey, um, at the at the end of it, I was just completely thoroughly convinced that Jesus Christ was the only way to heaven, that Christianity was the only true religion. And I was just convicted at that point. Like I, I had a newfound, like like solid foundation in my faith, and I, I wanted to spread this truth that I had. And I began to think about all of those cultures and all of those people that I had studied and how if I had like lived in Pakistan or Saudi Arabia or just a place like that, probably would have never even went down the apologetics road. I probably just would have been kind of forced into whatever my belief was and not have much of a choice with it. So I, I at that time just wanted to just be a missionary, like get on a plane, just go share the gospel. Um, I wanted to just like go to Peru or something. I didn't really have a full plan on like what that was going to look like. I was just like, I'll get on a plane. Um, so I approached my parents with that idea and they thought it was great in terms of like mission work, but they also figured that like maybe we should have like a little bit of a plan here. Um, and initially, like at the time, I was like, ah, I'm just like on fire for God. Like I just want to go do missions. Um, but they kind of like directed me to, yeah, get that foundation, ended up directing me towards engineering. And I began to try to figure out like what engineering degree could I use um, to also like be able to spread the gospel. So I started to think about how there's roads and bridges and buildings pretty much everywhere. I was like, if I had a civil engineering degree, I could do mission work in a lot of different like contexts. And that's what led me into civil engineering and, and engineering itself. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just how I found myself there. That's great. So you did have a crisis of belief or where yep. you wondered, you know, Jesus, the, truly the son of God. You yep. worked through that as a young person studying apologetics, studying the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so many people would say, oh, OK, so I'm going off and studying missions. You're studying that through the Bible and in, in different ways. Uh, but perhaps because your parents help steer you this way, you're like, OK, I'm good at engineering or I'm good at math. Uh, how could I take engineering and how could I use that? And I guess that's what led you to the University of Missouri S&T. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
So that's probably a lot of people are listening and thinking, hmm, that's a odd way of going. We're going to come back to how God is using it. Yeah. But once you got to Missouri S&T, what was that like and how were you able to grow in your faith while you're there away at school? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was really great. Like I got involved with an organization called the Christian Campus Fellowship. Um, initially, like after a semester, I got into the Christian Campus House and there was a lot of officer positions like available within the housing and the organization itself. Um, initially, I had gotten involved with like just being the general outreach officer for the house. Um, that's just outreaching to people on the campus, sharing the gospel, like, yeah, just trying to um, pull others into sharing their faith. And I uh, did that for a year and then uh, eventually moved into the international outreach officer position. And yeah, that's just um, kind of where I met Josh and Farron. I, I'm sure we'll get into that here in a second, but um, that ultimately led into how I ended up going to Mosaic. Um, so, so first off, while you're at the college, you're doing everything you can to spread the gospel. You're getting involved in Christian organizations. And you just mentioned Mosaic, uh, which has a ministry to college students. It's, in, it's close to a college. So talk to us a bit about how you found Mosaic and the role Mosaic has played in this journey. Absolutely. So I was just on the campus, like doing international outreach, and I was trying to like, yeah, just pull, pull people into that, like, like help everybody know that, like, yeah, sharing your face is super important. Like, we've got international students here. They're from all corners of the globe. Like, super great opportunity. And while I was doing that, I met Josh and Farron, who are the pastors at Mosaic, and they just kind of, like, told me what they were doing as well. They were a church plant there, like, reaching international students. And I just thought that was awesome. Like, I was like, got two pastors on the campus, like working with the students. Um, up until that time, I've been trying to like find a ministry that like I really could get plugged into and get involved with. And just as I continued to talk with Josh and Farron, like it became clear to me that Mosaic was a great place to be able to do that. And shortly afterwards, yeah, started to go to Mosaic, um, started to not only see like, was this a great fit, but just like there was even more opportunities to get involved. Um, they had like super willing to bring college students alongside the thing of things. Um, I started to talk to like a lot of my friends about what was going on. They started to show up at the church and just through that and like the college students seeing that like, wow, like we might have initially thought that just student organizations like offered us opportunities to get involved, but like Mosaic's offering that to us on the local church level. Like we can really like feel like we're a part of the church. And more and more college students just started to show up. Um, and now there's like a great number of college students. I can't even, I, I don't know what the number is, but it's quite a few. Um, I would say probably like at least over 50% of the church is uh, college students now. So you found a place you could get involved. Some people are using musical skills, some people, yep. hospitality, all kinds of skill set. And also part of a local church growing together in the Lord. So it kind of it, it brought something to you that student ministries are very important, but there's just so much value to the local church. Absolutely. Your journey as well. Um, so you're going along at Mosaic. You end up graduating with your civil engineering degree. Uh, and all of this, this whole mission mindset didn't dissipate. It actually grew, yeah. didn't it? It did. Yep. So share with us a bit about how that happened and uh, and then how you began to get involved in the work you're doing right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just like as I was ending college, I was trying to figure out, like, I knew I, I knew missions was something that was clearly like ingrained in my life. And like, I wanted to continue to do that. And like, I felt like a huge like passion for sharing the gospel and just doing that in like whatever way God could best use me. And I, I didn't know exactly what that way was going to be, um, whether that was going to be just like traditional missions or combining engineering with it. Um, so the summer after my senior year, um, I ended up just taking a trip to Zambia, um, semi-long-term trip, just trying to figure out would I want to do missions long-term in a like, yeah, like more than just a short-term trip capacity. And as I got on like that campus um, in Zambia, um, I just found that like, it was a lot of evangelism. It was a lot of Bible studies. Um, but additionally, the campus was located about two hours away from the capital. Um, that just like in Zambia terms makes it like really hard to like transport material all the way out there. Um, pretty much what they were doing was completely self-sustaining. And they just heard I had an engineering degree and they were just wondering, like, we've got several of these projects here on the campus that are like intricate to the ministry that we're doing and they need to keep running. Um, would you want to help out with just like working with these projects? And I was very willing. I was like, yeah, it sounds very interesting. I'd love to like give it a go. Um, so they connected me with a project that was trying to connect their power on the campus to government power, which is about like three kilometers away. And I worked with just a Zambian electrical company and a couple of people on the campus. And we just figured out how to like make this connection. Um, and at the end of it, they told me that that had actually saved the school about $30,000 a year, that they could put that money into their programs, like for the pastors, their outreach programs. And that was the first time in my life that I'd like really seen this clear and direct connection between we completed an engineering project and like more people are hearing the gospel and like ministries being expanded and spread. And I was just thrilled with that. Like, I, I thought, wow, like, that's something that I want to do for the rest of my life. Like, I started to think about what else could I do to try and bridge this gap between engineering and, like, people hearing the gospel. So I started to, like, work on a bunch of different projects on the campus. Um, as I was doing that, a couple of the pastors on the campus, um, they just began to approach me, and they were like, we're about to graduate. Um, would you want to like go into like different opportunities and um, business and like Zambia or Mozambique? And initially I was just kind of confused. I was like, well, like you guys are like about to go be pastors. Like, I don't know if you have time to like run a business. Um, but they told me how like being a pastor in Zambia, it, it doesn't look the same as being a pastor in the US. They don't get paid for their work. Um, if they do, it's like really like far down the line, most likely. And if they want any hope of providing for basic needs for themselves or their families, they pretty much have to get a full-time job during the week. And if they can make basic ends meet, yeah, they can be past a pastor on the weekends. And a lot of those guys, they get like worn down with just the hardship of being in Zambia or Mozambique and making $3 a day if they do find a job. And a lot of them don't get to use their pastor degrees that this campus like initially trained them to be able to like be able to do. Um, so upon hearing that, I was like, well, I can't help everybody, but like, I would like to help those that I could. And I ended up uh, just talking to my one friend, his name was Lazarus. And he told me about how in his hometown, if there was over 300,000 people, but there was no tilapia farms. And I was just like, that's like really interesting. We've been eating like tilapia every day on the campus. Like clearly there's a huge demand for tilapia in Zambia. I figure it's probably a similar situation in Mozambique. 
So I started to ask if Lazarus and also another friend of ours would go around Mozambique and try to get try to get a gauge on what does tilapia supply and demand look like. And upon doing so, um, they basically just found that 90 to 95% of the tilapia farms in Mozambique were just uh, substance-based farming. Um, pretty much the methods were like, just kind of dig a hole, fill the hole with water, put some fish in the hole, and then just like feed the fish every now and then. And it was good for like good method for feeding your family. Um, and then just like maybe a couple of your neighbors um, but as far as like providing for the physical needs of Mozambique, um, definitely wasn't like a method that you could really do that with. So I began to think about like clearly Mozambique could use a self-sustaining aquaculture system, um, which is yeah, aquaculture is just fish farming. And also, like most importantly, I was like, this could be a great platform to like be able to do missions through. So I was really, really interested. Um, I started to think about like, OK, like what do we have to do to be able to have a tilapia farm in Mozambique. Um, first thing you had to do was you had to set up a lot of infrastructure to be able to like have a secure structure to run electricity into. And then from there, you could like take the electricity to the rest of the property, had to secure the property, had to build a house. Um, so over the course of about the next five months, we ended up just doing that, building a house, building a security wall, um, gate, car, just all the things that were needed to like set the foundation for this tilapia farm. Um, and like as we were doing that, we were trying to figure out what method for tilapia farming do we want to put in. Um, and we ended up basing it around a system in the United States that was invented in 2016. And it basically it just utilizes air injection to be able to circulate all of the water, to be able to filter all of the water. And you've got to combine the like air injection with different filter media and different geometry of the tank and different um, gravities and other forests, but you don't have to pay for gravity. Um, so it's just like a really, really efficient, um, yeah, just low energy system that is utilized here in America. Um, we had to replace a lot of the material to where maybe we had access to a certain material here, but like we didn't in Mozambique. Um, so just trying to figure out how do we replace that material, have the system like work in the same way. Um, currently running tests right now to have that system function operationally the same as the system here in the United States. Um, there's three phases with it. Um, initially, it's just like proof of concept, and then you go into research and development. And then at the end of it, um, after you do research and development, it's uh, scaling it and using it as a mission platform. And ultimately, what we want to do with it is um, we want to do like four big things, four missions. Um, one of those things is like helping facilitate missionaries to be, getting, to be able to get into close countries. Um, I know just like businesses missions is becoming just a bigger thing, just with uh, it's harder to get into Pakistan with like a missionary. I mean, you can't get in there with a missionary visa and like um, a business is like a, a good platform to be able to have just to like have missionaries there like for long enough duration to bear fruit. Um, and that's like one big thing, like long-term wanting to help facilitate that. Um, two is we'd like to take all of the profits and either like reinvest them back into the business or donate them to ministries that really, really need um, the money. Um, and we want to have a heavy focus on unreached people group ministry, 1040 window ministry, um, persecuted church ministry. And also um, another like form of like where we want the profits to go is the, the pastors um, who want to do these like full time ministry. Um, for about two to four hundred dollars a month in Zambia or Mozambique, you can just completely support a pastor to like be able to take that pastor degree that he had like four years of training for and be able to use that full time. And, and that's like, yeah, it's kind of a lot of how this started. And we'd like to make it 
part of like how it ends up being long term. Um, and those are just like, yeah, big ways where we'd like the money to go. And three is just helping to bridge the gap between engineering and being able to do missions. Um, Mosaic is currently like setting up a different, like it's called a tent maker missions program. And basically what it is, is it's trying to provide clear pathways to the people on the campus for what does combining like your job related skill set to missions actually look like. Um, a lot of people know that the opportunities are there, but they might not know exactly like who they get into contact with or like what, yeah, what path can they specifically walk down. And Mosaics, yeah, just trying to bridge that gap. Um, short term, I would just help with developing that. Long term, I would help with um, possibly being a, an avenue for engineers or different like job related fields to go down. Um, and that's a third like big thing we want to do with it. And fourth is um, helping to figure out like how do we do business as missions more efficiently across the world? Um, currently in Mozambique, we've we built that uh, tilapia tank. And in Mozambique, like how you would build that tank might look different from how you would build that in Brazil or Pakistan. You'd, you'd have to access to different materials. Um, you'd have to do like research to figure out what material can we replace this with so that the system does the same thing. And long-term, yeah, just like, using our platform to like help facilitate engineers to work with other organizations that are doing business as missions um, and then to ultimately like research and develop and to continue to make that more efficient. And yeah, that's just kind of how tilapia farming can impact missions and um, never thought that I'd go down this path like when I went to Zambia or when I was going through high school, but God's really opened up some doors and I'm, I'm glad he has. It's been fun. I'm glad you walked through them and were yeah. faithful and didn't quit, <clears throat> applied your skill set. God put the right people in your in your place. And it sounds like things just unfolded as you went along. You began you first started with electricity and then tilapia farming. And wow, who knows where it could go, JD? Yeah. That's an exciting thing. Thank you. Well, what a story, buddy. Good. And and I just thank you for being so faithful to the Lord. Uh, first of all, exploring the scriptures, getting involved in the apologetics early on, uh, letting God speak to your heart, and uh, and then following through uh, your desire to impact missions using engineering skills uh, as you're going and working there at Mosaic. And now, who knows? Uh, the tilapia farming's one thing, but hearing what's happening at Mosaic, trying to find a bridge for all kinds of uh, perhaps specialties, doing missions with business. Uh, that's, it's just a wonderful thing to see what God is doing through you and others like you in the world. Thank you, JD. Thank you. So you're listening in right now. Maybe you're, we'll call you a younger person. Whatever your skill set might be, God wants to take that and use that. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. So obviously JD was kind of good at math. Uh, you can hear his, uh, you can hear it in his voice, the kinds of the way he thinks. And so God took that skill set and used it. So how has God fearfully and wonderfully made you? And what would God want to take and how would he want to use you? Maybe you're out there and you're a parent. Even studying math is a spiritual thing, as you see here with JD, had he not studied that in elementary school or so helping your kids to understand the connection between academics and uh, and how God will use that later in the world and then encouraging them to be faithful to whatever God has called them to do. And those of you who are in churches, 
thinking about the young people in your churches, and especially if you're close to a school. Wow, <clears throat> imagine what would have happened if Mosaic had not been the picture. The, the programs at the college were good, but Mosaic seems to be a very integral part of what's happened with JV. So I challenge you to think about ways you can minister to the college students in your area. And JD, just thank you for how you shared your story with us today. We really appreciate your time today, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate yours. And we want to thank you, our listeners. We want to encourage you to share JD's story with others. You can do it on social media. You can do it on various podcast platforms. Remember, every little thing we do really does count. It's really important when we do it for the Lord. We truly are better together.